the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Why do you think these cowardly scum all have masks on? I mean, I know why their women do, if they look like Ileana Omar, face of a camel's ass. But why do all these brave Hamas terrorists, why do you dress like ninjas, like cowards in the night, like ghosts? And then we'll get to why you beat up your women afterwards. But in the meantime, are you supposed to celebrate that they released an American? I don't celebrate that they released three savage terrorist scum calling themselves Hamas. But then again, I didn't celebrate when we gave the other terrorists called the Taliban an entire country. And I don't celebrate how they beat their women now in Afghanistan and the hopelessness and the murder and the mayhem. You know, Islamic peace. And Sharia law. I don't celebrate it. In the meantime, what about baby Kiefer? You remember baby Kiefer? In fact, right after the atrocity of the second Holocaust, when they slaughtered people, I mentioned baby Kiefer because the idea that anybody would take a seven, eight month, nine month old baby into captivity didn't sit well. I never believed they were going to give him his formula around feeding time or change his diaper like the Secret Service and the dimwit Joe Biden. I never, I never thought the Taliban is a good babysitter. I understood what they did right away. But you always have hope. You always have hope that these filthy 7th century savages, Aloha Snackba, wouldn't have killed the baby. But then again, you realize they think like Democrats. Failure and loss is an opportunity for them. So that's exactly how they took the death of little baby Kiefer. Israel and Hamas are this morning working out new parameters of a potential new truce deal. But talks of a truce between both sides have been overshadowed by the reported death of a baby in custody. Hamas claims the child, alongside his mother and brother, were killed in a previous Israeli airstrike. See, but Hamas, you filthy, wife-beating, daughter-mutilating, inbred, 7th century scum, you lie like Chicago Democrats. Yeah, you do. So I don't believe a word that comes out of your mouth because we have actual reporters, British reporters, long-time authors, political commentators like Douglas Murray. I really don't want to hear Alo Akbar shouted again on my streets. It's a war cry. The Hamas terrorists are shouting Allah Akbar all the way through, all the way through, as they are using a shovel to decapitate a young man. With every blow of the shovel, they shout Allah Akbar when they go in to rape and um, murder all these young women in a room. They're shouting Allah Akbar the whole time, and they find a young woman hiding under a table. 
pretending to be dead, and they realize she's alive, and they begin killing her. They're shouting Allahu Akbar all the time. And they're so elated. And they phone home. One disgusting young Hamas guy shouts, shouts from the phone of one of his victims, his father in Gaza, saying, I have killed with my own hands 10 Jews. Your son has killed 10 Jews. And the mother is put on the phone and they're all shouting Allahu Akbar and they're so proud of him. From the river to the sea, not a Hamas member will breathe. That's the new chant. You see, because the idea that we're celebrating the release of hostages as if it's a sign of goodwill, you then negate the atrocity of the taking, the atrocity of the rape, the murder, the mayhem. But then again, it's been going on since they made up their phony religion of a coward that crawled into a well. So when I asked you why the cowards, Hamas, cover their face, it's a rhetorical question. The whole freaking thing is made up of cowards. Yeah, you are. And you don't scare anybody. In fact, you enrage real men, real women, and real Americans of character. It's only the scum, corrupt Americans that are in power right now that are celebrating this. It's only the frauds that would pretend to be winning the entire years, decades of loss because they're also enriching you. You see, and that's what needs to be focused on. So when you hear that the market is doing great, the economy is strong, GDP up 5%, that's propaganda from the Politburo. It's propaganda so you feel good about our government continuing to not only fund our enemies by the Chinese Communist Party or those other Nazis called the Azovs in Ukraine, but we're funding these 7th century dimwits. And they need more blank checks to go out. So they're going to lie to you and tell you how the GDP is growing, even though you know what the real costs are. What did you make of that? The fact that markets really keyed in with Chris Waller and completely ignored Michelle Bowman. <laughs> because Michelle Bowman was suggesting what they want to hear, that she might not need, we might not need to see additional rate increases. Uh, Chris Waller getting some support from the GDP numbers just out shocking. this morning. Am uh, I right? Shocking? Uh, shocking, yeah, in a way. Um, fourth, uh, third quarter GDP revised <laughs> up to 5.2% from 4.9%. Bulldung! Absolute and total bulldog. Oh, the GDP's up. Oh, the GDP's up. The vaccine is safe. We're not bankrupt. And Oswald killed Kennedy. What else do you want to hear? You want to hear Joe Biden isn't a crook? Or do you want to deal in fact? All right. Well, the cost of living squeeze. How far does your money go? Well, it requires $119.27 to buy the same household goods and services as you could with just $100 before the pandemic let's take that's a sophisticated way to tell you that your dollar lost 19 percent in one year of this idiot joe biden this corrupt whore and if you want to be kind you pretend he's just what he's always been stupid otherwise if you can read you understand he's corrupt and this is the intentional destruction of the value of american money because as we get weaker our suspicion of government somehow gets less and we trust the lies of the gdp because just four hours later a number that you really can't fraud easily now only economic people are aware of what the beige book is but it came out in direct contradiction to the government-sponsored lie no not that oswald killed kennedy no 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 not that the vaccine is safe but that the gdp grew 
Yeah, Romaine, uh, that was third quarter data we got this morning. The most recent data, that was then, this is now, from October and November. At least the anecdotal reports are that growth is slowing. According to the Beige Book, just out from the Federal Reserve, on balance, economic activity slowed since the previous report. Four dis- so now how can both things be true? They can't. So one of them is a lie. Whichever one has the government sponsorship, whichever one is called revised after the government was able to cook the books and make the people feel some sort of complacency, that's the lie. In other words, the growth is the lie. Now, why does that play into foreign policy? Because right now, as we speak, the House has to pass a bill so we continue to pay our enemies, whether they're the Ukrainian Nazis or the Islamo Nazis in the Middle East. And the whole time you're being propagandized by the Politburo, telling you that you should celebrate the fact that an American hostage was released rather than be enraged that these filthy 7th century murderous scum would have the audacity to touch an American. And why wouldn't they, when the legacy of this idiot, Joe Biden, is very well known? Yes, it is. Well, we have new reporting just into CNN. Hunter Biden's lawyers have told the House Oversight Committee that he is willing to testify on December 13th in their inquiry into his actions, but only if he can do so publicly. Why not public? Why publicly? So the Democrat morons that still vote for Democrats, even though they destroy the areas they live in, they'll have talking points rather than fact that they've been avoiding with the help of our very government, the Politburo. See, I'm done calling them the FBI, the CIA, the IRS. They're just what all communist apparatchiks are. They're the American Politburo. Four key facts. Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma. He's not qualified to be on the board. He said so himself in an ABC interview. He said he got the job because of his last name. The executives at Burisma ask Hunter Biden specifically, will you weigh in with folks in D.C. to help us deal with the pressure we are under? A few days later, Joe Biden gets on a plane, flies to Kiev, and announces that you will not get the money that was already approved unless you fire the prosecutor who was applying the pressure. We will have Hunter Biden in a deposition and, frankly, I think in, a, in an open hearing, I think that would, be, that would be great. That's what needs to happen so the American people get the facts, get the truth, and we can make a decision. The American people already had these facts and truth a year before the election was stolen in 2020. The Politburo, posing as the FBI, protected the evidence. There are tens of thousands of open and notorious bribery scheme emails directly linked to the Dimwood in diapers and his crime syndicate family and a multitude of other Democrats. In the meantime, this isn't going to matter because the Democrats that elect other Democrat representatives would vote for a pickle. It doesn't matter. They just want more something for nothing. Well, it has to be better coordination. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos because that's what this that particular party has been about. Right? This is Wrong. the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's just... What? Remember when I said a pickle? This is a pickle in a $6,000 suit. 
Hey, you fracking moron. The Republican Party was the blue team. You stupid son of a dog. What's destroying these Democrats' sewers that were once great cities, now ghettos, is the policies of your mafia that continues to enrich the elites while the common, ordinary citizen suffers. And it doesn't matter what the evidence is, because all you really need are the talking points. Well, here's some talking points, some reality for you. This isn't an immigration problem you have. In fact, what you have going on is the final stage of a subversion of an unelected, corrupt whore. There's a bunch of immigrants coming through my property. I do not condone this. I've asked the Border Patrol to stop it. I just have to allow them to go through my property. Where are you from? This is video shot by Brian Silvis, whose property is up against the U.S.-Mexico border in eastern San Diego County, California. He bought the land two years ago, but in the last six months, he's been dealing with a surge of people passing through his backyard. Most of them are men. They're all Turkish, uh, Kurdish, um, Chinese, everything, the whole gamut. Silvis wanted to show me where he believes the migrants are crossing the border into his property. As soon as we arrived, we encountered about a dozen walking right in. There's a pretty simple cross over into the U.S. And like that family, it's not that hard. They just step in and, and they're here. Just an hour after we left Silvis's property, a wildlife camera we had set up at the location captured another group of migrants, much larger than the last, entering the U.S. A senior CBP official tells us that it's up to local law enforcement to enforce trespassing on... Where's all the women? Where's all the families? Fleeing Democrat policies referred to as Venezuela, El Salvador, Nicaragua, or the cartel front called Mexico. Where's all the families? These aren't families. In fact, these are some bad hombres, which explains why among actual Latinos, American and, and, and others, Biden's approval rating is where everybody's opinion of him should be. In the toilet! But less than half of voters approve of the job that President Joe Biden is doing currently in the White House, which is a 17% drop in approval since last year. That's among Latinos. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Since day one, Squirrel, Baby Kiefer has been in Studio Xanadu. He's on my phone. And he's a reminder of why you never celebrate what these filthy 7th century barbarians did. And you never buy the tagline. You see, the doctors, they're all Hamas. It's like those old mobster neighborhoods where everybody affiliated is all somebody somebody knows. That's how it's run. And you don't pretend that they're anything other than a terrorist organization and a terrorist country. That's it. End of the story. But then again, we're surrounded by terrorist countries. Here's a little uh, uh, story of a city in Mexico by a cartel hitman that defected because he was tired of killing innocent people. One of my sources inside one of these cartels sent me a video of how they were torturing the chief of police of that town. He's like, you want to know who's really in charge? Have a look at this shit. Like 12 in the night, sent me that video out and showed me how they were torturing uh, the chief of police of the town. And he's like, we rule these town men. Uh, so if you want to talk to someone, it's, it's us. And then on the video, they, they pop him. They, you can see he's on his knees and then killed him. Mm-hmm. 
And um, it, Michoacan is crazy, man. That, that place is crazy because it's different cartels, probably five or six different powerful criminal organizations fighting against each other. Now, that's happening all, all throughout California, too. They're squashing it. What cartel members have infiltrated police departments, they're killing them. They're already planting massive marijuana fields and all kinds of other drugs in California forest preserves all through New Mexico and the rest of it. But your government isn't telling you that. They're telling you the GDP is up. Sure it is. That's why they are the Pullet Bureau. Glenn in Oakbrook. Yeah, hey, Sean. If you go to the uh, O'Hare Bus Shuttle Center, you used to put the migrants behind these black curtains. Now they're everywhere with, uh, with air mattresses, charging stations, cell phones, food. Uh, you name it, the wa- washrooms, showers, it's everywhere. There oh, that explains the smell. I was just there. But th- it is a sanctuary city. There you go. Sanctuary. Only this one doesn't have a hunchback. It's got B.O. That's what you, you that you Good. Wallow in it. That's my answer. Wallow in it. Because I believe it was the mayor in lingerie. Arguably the sexiest mayor we've ever had in lingerie, uh, uh, Harold Washington, that declared it a sanctuary city. But we'll have to clarify that. It might have been somebody before him or after him. But the names are all fungible. Mary, Chicago. Hello. Hi. Hi. I was just asking about who was the freaking pickle he was talking about. No, 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 me. I was talking about the pickle. I said they'd elect the pickle because they elected Brandon Johnson, who's a moron, who never achieved anything. Never worked, and as a teacher, doesn't know any facts of history. As he advocates that Republicans don't want free black men. Well, the way I see it, I think the Union Army lost, what, about 520,000 men? Well, the the Confederacy lost about 480 million soldiers and about, what, slippage 200,000 other American citizens that were killed as collateral damage, all to free black men. And the Democrats were the ones that were dressed in gray. They're the Klan. They're the morons that enlisted such frauds like Brandon Johnson to advocate for their oligarchy. Thank you very much, Mary. He's a pickle. And that's a $6,000 Brioni suit that this bust out who was on a payment plan for his fracking water bill is wearing because he's got a slush fund now called the budget. And every step and fetch Democrat just okayed it. But don't worry, the guys he's enriching, something tells me they're not who you think they are. No, they seem to be the same old how you do it. Half-ass pansy wannabe gangsters that they always were. George in Naperville. Yeah, Sean. Can I pick a fight with anybody? I want a Hamas guy. I want a half-ass gangster. I want a teamster. Let's just go in the parking lot. Can I get anybody? Go ahead. Oh, Sean, that poor man that lives on the border and they're trespassing all over his land. Can he sell a bottle of water or something that he can at least get some dough out of this? Yeah, well, you'll be lucky if they don't fentanyl the water. Uh, How about a toll booth? Always. Oh, that's that's not going to work unless he puts on a state shirt. Then you can raise taxes from it and and extort criminals. Rich Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? I'm extra aggravated. Baby Kiefer is dead, and I want to taste blood. Baby Kiefer is dead. Ten months old. He did nothing to anybody. These filthy animals killed him. Here's what I don't understand. How the United States, with this uh, Blinken and this uh, Kirby, could let Hamas take advantage of them by uh, by uh, doing their uh, talking uh, to Israel to keep the ceasefire or this cause or whatever you want to call it. Well, I don't know for certain, but if I were to speculate. uh, Two Americans go. It used to be called. It used to be called sympathizing. 
Back right. then it was communist. Now these are Hamas sympathizers. They're also right. Democrats, which you should have known the tactics are virtually the same. Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Sean, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but Stevie Wonder wants to meet up with the president about affirmative action and uh, right. It should Stevie be Wonder. Did anybody tell him he's Italian? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I would say it actually should be about black on black crime and the poor education the east and the uh, west and south side is getting, like on Chicago, for example. That's what it should be about the meeting. Racism isn't the opinion yeah. of a moron. Racism is a policy that enslaves generations of people. Racism is every Democrat-run municipality in this country. Racism is a policy that would pay you to be a scumbag. That's racism. And you know something? There's got all races. There's just as many. Actually, there's more numbers of whites, larger percentage of minorities. But that's the real racist policy. And they got everybody chasing their tail. In the meantime, you're more concerned with the opinion of somebody who you don't know is, rather than the policy that keeps you in poverty, called Democrat mafia policy. But they're all very rich. In fact, the bust out used to be on a payment for his water bill. Now he's driving around in Escalade. He's got 131 chauffeurs. Right? $6,000 suits. Who's the sucker? Any Democrat that voted for it. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer. Now, I was going to tell you, uh, there's an organization who started during the election cycle about a year before it's called the stop trump summit and it's seven and a half hours of marxist scum and republican never trumper scum that have been plotting different various ways to cheat so that the dimwit and diapers won and that's exactly why he's there but i was listening to uh the commercial segment before my my uh my show right now this segment now and they had c Stephen tucker on who i am lucky enough to know and the way that i know him is that during the original passage of the greatest policy failure, example of a policy failure we've had since the Great Depression, called Obamacare, which has shrunk the health care providers by 50%, both hospitals and doctors, nurses, and all the rest of it, and massively driven up our premiums to over $2,000 and morons who've never paid for fracking insurance in their life, bust-outs and welfare roaches, they don't care. Because they never paid when it was cheap. They certainly aren't going to pay now. But they found this way to make it more cumbersome for companies and small businessmen and honest people. And healthy. Not the IV-using welfare roaches that are the target of the collectivist mafia called the Democrats. So, um, C. Stephen Tucker has been on it. He read the entire bill. He's one of the few people in the country that's ever read the whole boondoggle fraud. And he's been working tirelessly. And the reason that I say this is it started a movement called the Tea Party. And ironically enough, the Tea Party, before Donald Trump ran, he, he was pretty much a Democrat, supported Democrats. He toyed with the idea of being in the independent in 2000. But for 80 percent of his life, he was a Democrat. And now you have organizations that are set up called the Stop Trump Summit, who are the very Democrats and Republicans he bribed, I mean, contributed to. And it's, it's funny to me. So now when Trump is going to run again, he, he has to overcome absolute, almost insurmountable 
numbers of cheating. They're ballot harvesting. They shut down the count. I mean, I, I have no faith he's going to win again. And I don't think Biden is going to be in office. I mean, he made Jimmy Carter look like a triathlete the other day. In the meantime, um, Trump says he's going to repeal Obamacare. Now, I remember when everybody who wasn't an Obama socialist, even Democrats who ran businesses were like, well, I don't, I don't really want that single pair. But now this is how you, you get used to being a slave. Now you like it. Now you want the subsidies and the rest of it. Because what Obamacare managed to do is take people of character who would have never, never accepted welfare. And they accept it because 400% increase in your insurance premiums. I mean, it, it's bankrupted people. It's put small businesses out of business. But rather than correct course, government's goal is always to fail because then it expands. So when Trump says, I'm going to repeal Obamacare, that should be celebrated by all of the people who originally wanted it 14 years ago to be ripped out by its root, or 13, to be ripped out by its root. But now, because there's so much hatred for a former Democrat, by Democrats and corporatist scum Republicans, and yes, we'll get to Jamie Dimon and the rest of them later, that uh, they're willing to forget the premise. And now Republicans, they want Obamacare too. Former President Donald Trump once again threatening to repeal the Affordable Care Act, better known as Obamacare. Today, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper and former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi responded to the threat. Our Bill O'Neill joins us in Greensboro now with the story. Mr. Trump's comments come just days before North Carolina expands Medicaid coverage, a key component of Obamacare. Now, Squirrel, I, I have to confess I'm not interested in medicaid or medicare i don't know which one is for the welfare roach and which one's for the retired guy who believed there was such a thing as a social safety net or social security but when the government is selling it it's a freaking lie is something you should live by neither one of them exists it's another form of of welfare and and a ponzi scheme but in it, i didn't realize there was this much support by non-corrupt scum for this ponzi scheme the former president posted his comments online over the holiday weekend, stating he was, quote, seriously looking at alternatives to Obamacare. The American people will need to know that if Donald Trump wins next year, he's coming for your health care. It was hard for me to believe that Donald Trump is actually bringing up this ACA uh, threat once again. North Carolina Governor Roy. It's not a threat. It's a rescue from a failed policy that has destroyed American health care. Destroyed it. And now you're in this, this soiree of incompetence. And I mean, unless you have money and then you can have an alternative or if you join a, uh, an alternative where you share people's uh, uh, expenses. These are all ways to do it. But people are afraid because they're used to the old insurance which never really existed anyway as they deny, deny, deny and defend. But um, it's interesting how you see the players of the fraud, a guy by the name, he was a hedge fund guy, but he backed a corrupt big pharma company called Vivant, which a lot of people forgot about, but I didn't forget about it. In 2015, Valiant did something that drew the... Valiant, I said Vivant, but what do you expect? I'm from Melrose Park. ...attention of regulators, lawmakers, and the general public alike. They hiked the prices of their drugs to unprecedented levels. But what was the key event that turned a regular pricing strategy into one of the biggest scandals in the pharma world? Stick around as we unravel this tale. 
Before we get into the crux of the matter, let's understand who Valiant Pharmaceuticals are. Known today as Bausch Health, the company... See, they do what Vivek Ramaswamy did. When their scandal breaks, they change the name. But it was all financed by a Wall Street Democrat oligarch fundraiser by the name of Ekman. There is a general consensus in the United States, in some circles, that we probably have avoided a recession for the near future. We're going to have a so-called soft landing. That's the consensus. Is that your view as well? I think it's really hard to predict. I do think the economy is weakening. Uh, we're seeing you know, evidence of that in some of our... Oh, yeah, Squirrel, he's back on time. Ekman, who was the money, who made the tremendous amount of money and frauded a lot of his hedge fund people. In fact, this, uh, uh, this valiant... Uh, cost the people uh, $4 billion. The investors lost everything because it was a, a company based in freight. He is now an oligarch who is giving us lectures on who the next president should be and how we should look at things. President Biden has called his economic program Bidenomics, which has met some derision in Republican circles. Uh, you've been an active supporter of Democrats, I think, more than Republicans. Is that right? I would say historically I have. Uh, you know, I would say today I, I certainly consider myself and have for years now a centrist. Okay. Uh, and I'm you know, much more open to Republican candidates than I am to reelecting President Biden. Uh, so, so I, you know, you, you would say otherwise. I, you know, again, I, I want to elect the best leader of the country, whether that person is a Republican. Squirrel, 20 years, Bill Ackman. 20 years, supposedly a hedge fund. I mean, the scandal after scandal after scandal. They don't like to talk about their relationship. I will say this. I think it's it's too much right now to say this is Enron. Okay, if it was Enron, uh, you know, Enron was a whole different situation. Enron, you know, you know, the reason why Enron went bankrupt, one of the major reasons is not just because of an accounting scandal, it's because it, it, it was basically a trading company. It was a hedge fund and no one lended money. So that it's a little different. We don't know how much, how much Material these things are to its bottom line. They may be somewhat material. And well, Philidor accounts for 44% of the revenue of sales of a, of a drug called Jublia, which is for toenail fungus. But they, that's a very popular drug. Exactly. Uh, maybe not with you so that's or material. me, but, you know, it's out there. Well, my toes are perfect. <laughs> but I'm just saying that be careful about the Enron analogy. It's hyperbole okay. to a large extent. And, but with Roddy- well, he was wrong because the stock went to zero, and what their whole premise was is they would buy smaller companies and phony drugs, prop it up and pretend to be uh, to be working and charge four and five hundred percent increase in prices because Obamacare wrote the check to it. The company was once a Wall Street darling, celebrated for its unique business model of growth through acquisitions. But everything changed in 2015. Now, onto the turning point. It was a typical day in September 2015, when the New York Times reported that Valiant had hiked the prices of two heart drugs, Nitropress and Isoprel, by 525% and 212% respectively, overnight. This wasn't an isolated incident. In fact, Valiant had been stealthily increasing its drug prices for years, but this sudden, drastic hike was what finally set the alarm bells ringing. In the aftermath, Valiant stock plummeted, they faced multiple investigations, and the term price gouging became a common phrase in conversations about the... But Bill Ackman, because he had donated a tremendous amount, tens of millions to Democrats, he walked, and now he's back to let you know. He's in charge, and you'll sit there and shut up. We'll, we'll, we'll cover more of the scandal of Bill Ackman, Valiant, and Obamacare when I get back. 
He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. See, what these Wall Street scum corporatists practice is corporatism, not capitalism. They're all in on the fraud, and they avoid prosecution, they avoid investigation, and the useful idiots maybe get it investigated or even in some cases oddly indicted. But for the most part, the people pay. $4 billion was lost in this fraud company. Bill Ackman should be rotting in prison. Because what he did to me is worse than Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff pretended to invest in companies. Bill Ackman, Vivek Ramaswamy pretend they have viable companies. To me, it's a greater fraud. But you know what's funny, Squirrel? They never really lose a nickel themselves. The thing that everybody's asking today, is this really unique to Bill Ackman? Because he really did go out on a limb for this company. Or is this a broader issue about how hedge funds are investing? Yeah, I think it definitely speaks to the broader issues that we're seeing. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, hustler. This is about a fraudster. A fraudster who has a system of pump and dumps and sometimes gets away with it. But for the most part, everything he's running on is a lie. Like this phony pharma company that bought small drug patents, massively increased the prices because at the time, Obamacare was writing the check blindly. And that's why all of our costs skyrocketed. And in the meantime, politician after politician runs to remove it. But there's a lot of money in corruption. And they all seem to have massive war chests built on the promise of alleviating us from arguably the cornerstone of communism and socialism and government supremacy. But it's often referred to as government health care. So in the meantime, I have no illusions that Trump will win. I think he got cheated. He did win in 2020. You have entire summits and organizations and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions that are willing to lie, cheat, and steal. We call them Democrats. And ironically, they don't understand. They're just the slaves for the Bill Ackmans who never lose a nickel. Republican or Democrat. But you haven't publicly said you're supporting President Trump if he's the nominee yet. No. I've, I've been supportive of, you know, I've been supportive of uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, I've been supportive of Chris Christie. Because they'll rubber stamp that corruption So they get money in their coffers. They're political whores, just like 90% of the money that he gave to Democrats. And that's why he wants to keep the beat going. So it's easy to know who not to support. Just listen to the scum and who they do support. Where's Jamie Dimon? When I say scum, he comes to mind. I know he's supposed to be Chicago's very own. He doesn't fool me. We have an election coming up uh, in about a year. What do you think of the, the, the two leading candidates right now? Oh, God, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> You're not going to tell I me. I did come out. Maybe. Who's a bigger coward? The Hamas scum terrorists, baby murderers who wear masks or Wall Street executives who just want to stay afloat on fraud? Make a nice David about Nikki Haley. You did. Uh, you've been talking to Nikki Haley. Liberal, yes, I have. Even if you're a very liberal Democrat, I urge you, you know, help Nikki Haley, too. You know, get a choice on a Republican side that might be better than Trump. And is that your view, that it's anything but Trump? I, I would never say that, you know, because he might be the president. I have to deal with that, too. And and you want to stay out of jail, right, chameleon of corruption? 
This is why. There's a, an old saying, it's a club and you ain't in it. That's exactly right. These idiots should be in shackles. And instead, they're going to pick who the next president is. Brian and Gurney. Hey, Sean. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah, wonderful. Splendid. Not okay. a Democrat yeah, um, as far as the eye could see. Not a Democrat or a Hamas sympathizer. Go ahead. Okay. Here's what I, I'm, I'm trying to understand. How does Brandon Johnson uh, get this private funding? Doesn't he have, doesn't he have to dispose the funds? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Your naivete is, uh, is, is, is funny. It's Chicago. And the rules are there are no rules. They're paying 91000 a month for tainted land. Owned by wise guys. Oh, this one's our junior. Okay, junior wise guys. I like that. In the meantime, the beat will go on because the Jamie Diamonds and the, uh, and the Bill Ackmans, they have the protection of government, and they're going to pick who the next president is because they already own the Congress and the Senate. They own the prosecutors because they're Democrats, and they are gods among us, just like in every other communist country. Communist Party members, they never get in trouble. Uh, you know, I know Vivek Ramaswamy, and I was, you know, pre his launch of his candidacy, I was, uh, you know, supportive of his uh, having a young, smart, talented, uh, you know, business leader. I believe he was in the same big pharma pump and dump scheme you were. The company was a little different. The scam was a little different. Vivek promised to help people with Alzheimer's. Oh, if only that drug could have worked. You could have put Biden on an IV. We'll be back. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so... A politician with character. If you grew up in Illinois, you don't need a phone booth, anything bigger to fit politicians of character. However, out in the regular America, there are some. My next guest is one of those. He is a a retired three-term congressman from Charlotte, North Carolina. Carolina. He served as the chairman of the Congressional Task Force on Terrorism and Unconventional Warfare as vice chairman of the House Financial Service Subcommittee. He is former Congressman Robert Pittenger, author of the new book, Character Matters. Imagine a politician writing about character. I know it's hard. We're from Illinois, but they are out there. Personal stories of 31 world changers. Former Congressman Pittenger, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hey, Sean. Great to talk to you this evening. Hope you're well. Ah, well, you know, we're from Chicago. We're as well as we can be. However, um, the reality is we're a little less optimistic than we were, say, Tea Party years, because we we spent a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of optimism sending guys there to represent us in the form of a representative republic, only to be stabbed in the back. I still don't know what they accomplished other than two-thirds of the debt we now uh, pretend is normal. So I'm wondering, as somebody who sat on these financial committees, and you spent three terms there. How many showers did it take you to feel clean? <laughs> oh, I love your spirit. Listen, um, it's, a, it's a town that uh, uh, has a, a lot of hope and opportunity, but uh, clearly doesn't deliver in the fashion that we 
uh, anticipate or should expect. Now, and it, it can be very can be very uh, disappointing. I'm in love with the concept of how a republic is supposed to operate. It's why so many of us who were taught by teachers that could read back in the day had such patriotism and such love of country because what we're experiencing to me is something that the Constitution should have protected us from. A cabal of collectivists, self-enriching, self-enriching, and selling out the very principles of our nation under this term that I think is only between a man and a wife, and that is compromise. You really can't compromise with corruption. You can only agree to be corrupt. And I'm wondering, when you look at it from your aspect, your history of the Financial Services Committee and all of the things you fought for, and the reality of what happened, is there a way to even potentially straighten out this cabal of corruption we refer to as government? Yes, sir. I I really think there is. Frankly, it's part of the reason why I wrote the book. Um, I wrote wrote the book really primarily uh, for my grandchildren. We have 17 of them. But uh, character really is the value and the essence of, of what needs to be uh, part of the whole culture of Washington. And there are many who have come to that city and have demonstrated enormous character in very challenging times. Now, I think there's the opportunity for that today. There's some really some remarkable people in Congress. But unfortunately, uh, the limelight and the media attention goes to those who uh, love to create a lot of attention. And uh, you know, get they get it because uh, there's a lot of fanfare there and a lot of uh, media focus and opportunity for uh, you know, to expose uh, these folks and, and create a lot of interest. But nonetheless, there's some hardworking folks who do care sincerely about the country. Uh, notwithstanding that, when you cross the Potomac River, uh, there's always the challenge of keeping your job, and for some folks, uh, keeping the job is primary, and that keeps them from making the, the, the best decisions relative uh, to, for the debt that you brought up. Well, yeah, well, we've increased the debt uh, in the Obama year and in the Trump year about $8 trillion each year and yeah. uh, under, under both administrations. So uh, the right thing has to be done. It can be done, but people have to make principled decisions, and that gets back to character. Yes, well, now you have, you have a 50-year political whore in there who has been riddled in scandal since he could remember his address or if he had uh, slip-ons on. The reality is now we've got a bigger problem because the numbers are bigger and the people are used to it. But, you know, you're a financial guy. You said on the financial committee. You know how difficult it is to uh, become a millionaire on a $140,000 a year job. Yet here we sit when we have people who are worth $10 million, $15 million, or Nancy Pelosi, hundreds of millions. And they do it because their policy profiteers. That's the way I see it. But like I said, I'm from Chicago. Now, I don't know much about North Carolina other than Michael Jordan. However, what were the years you were a congressman? 13 to 18. So you were 13 to 18. So you were there in the in the push of the Tea Party movement when we were going to repeal Obamacare, we were going to read the bills, we were going to stop the omnibus bills. And I have to imagine, as, as, as somebody of character, the other thing you wanted to stop was the threat of terrorism on our shores. That's one of your specialties. But the more yes. things change, the more they stay the same and seem that the stakes get higher. As you watch what's happening in our country today, as the southern border is being used as an excuse for refugees from policies uh, of Chicago Democrats called Venezuela, but the reality is there seems to be a lot of men from all of these terrorist countries from communist China that come through. And I'm wondering, 
as somebody who spent a lot of time in unconventional terrorist tactics, how nervous should Americans be right now, in your opinion? Well, I think with our open border, as porous as it is, it has been, uh, you know, we have many people who have come across, you know, likely thousands who have nefarious intentions uh, from 100 plus countries. So uh, there's every reason to be concerned about uh, those lone actors who are out there and looking for the right inspiration to do great harm. So, you know, we had an opportunity in 2013 to address that. And uh, a bill had come out of the Senate, uh, $20 billion to build a wall. And with it, though, was funding, uh, no, was the approval for DACA children to give them legal status. Well, that wasn't acceptable to some people. And they wanted a more pure bill, which really wasn't achievable, not with the pluralistic uh, government and divided in the, our own approach. So uh, that bill didn't pass in the House. There were some dissidents who said no. And uh, from that time, we've had over 10 million illegal immigrants come across our border. Mm-hmm. As you said, and you brought up, a lot of them are, are here for... Uh, very proactive uh, reasons to be destructive. So, so in, the, um, in the structure, we have to go ahead. In the structure of our government, it's not supposed to be fluid. It's supposed to be contentious. It's supposed to be very, very difficult to pass new laws. However, there's something that we thought was a, a for granted instance. Aren't they supposed to enforce the already existing laws? The, the, I, I'm just completely shocked that a president who is supposed to simply sign law has uh, has the power to nullify existing law. And that seems to be the case. And then we fall into your other area of expertise, foreign investment. We have direct links of not just the Chinese Communist Party, who seems to be doing very well, much better than the average citizen in America, but of the... um, of the former Soviet Union, arguably the most corrupt country in Europe, Ukraine. And Joe Biden seems to have have business interests and money and all of this. How much evidence do you need before maybe the lawmakers can say, look, this president who has all the aroma of corruption and treason doesn't have the power to nullify our immigration laws. I'm just shocked at how easy it is to get rid of laws you don't like. Yeah, the executive order to use very freely and liberally <clears throat> to execute uh, the interest of the president. And, of course, they can be reversed with new administrations, but they they come and go. The executive orders only require the, the pen of the president uh, to achieve that. <clears throat> Obama uses it extensively, and uh, you know, a lot of it then gets struck down or uh, by courts or, or by the Congress. But uh, there's great latitude and freedom to exercise political will. So the border today is just a, a, an opportunity for uh, the Democrats to uh, alter the, uh, the opportunity for these illegals to come across and try to convert them uh, to be aligned with their party. Uh, it's it's uh, very uh, cynical uh, to see what, what's been done. But nonetheless, I, I come back to you. Uh, I have to work on a more proactive way. I can... Uh, Focus on the negativism that's there, or I can try to rebuild and infuse 
the character qualities in leadership that uh, were there. When you look at Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan and so many leaders had such, such an impact, that's what we thought to, to relate in the book. People I've worked with very closely uh, for the last many decades, we went through 33 individuals um, that are written in, in this book that to clarify their distinctive character traits. Uh, why was Margaret Thatcher so uniquely successful? You know, all these people, <clears throat> again, is very ordinary folks. Mm-hmm. When they were born, they, they grew up in, you know, Reagan was from a small farm town in Iowa. And uh, he, but he emerged to be a great leader. Well, why did that happen? Why did Margaret Thatcher emerge? I asked Lady Thatcher that question when I was first with her. So Lady Thatcher, uh, we know you're the Iron Woman. Uh, you're there and the wall came down. You stood against the liberals and the socialists. And you reclaim uh, fiscal integrity to your government. But what we don't know is what made you Margaret Thatcher? What built in you those innate qualities of leadership that you maintained throughout your 11 years of being prime minister? She said, Robert's my father. My father first, he was a, he was a Methodist Sunday school teacher. He took me to church. He taught me Christianity. But he taught me three things about leadership. And the first one was determine the right thing to do. What's the principal thing to do in any given situation? Secondly, with your whole heart, commit yourself to that objective. And thirdly, with all your persuasion, with all your abilities, seek to bring your friends and your colleagues to join you. So succinct, but profound. And she carried that through her 11 years. Well, let's move forward 20 years. I just got elected to Congress. And we're up at Harvard. They're trying to indoctrinate us, all 85 new members. And Joe Kennedy takes us out at the end of the week. To Fenway Park, uh, you know, he was our classmate. You know, it was a great time to see the park. When I rode out on the bus with a, a UK member of the Labour Party, um, uh, an MP, uh, who was there to observe us. And I, we talked along about mutual friends. And then I finally had the guts and, to say to her, "What did you think of Margaret Thatcher?" She said, "Well, God bless her. She saved our country." She had the guts to do, and my party didn't have the guts to do. Boy, the bells rang. Went back 20 years, and I thought about what Margaret Thatcher said to me in 1993. And that, of course, carried my convictions through. These are the types of concepts and character traits we want to try to communicate in all these stories of these 31 people, remarkable individuals from sports, entertainment, politics, um, they, they, they carried the ball and they, they made a huge impact in the world. And that's what's needed today. So really that's the focus of my, my time uh, to try to uh, bring, to try to instill this in our own leadership in Washington today and for future leaders coming forward. I'm curious to know what your opinion is of a system that not only doesn't reward character, which is what you're, you're, you're talking about, the character to, to not be corrupt, but in fact, is a system that's set up to reward the lack of it. So you have this political system, and you're never going to get elected if you tell people the truth. You're entitled to nothing but the very freedom the country guarantees, and that's it. You're not entitled to any other pay because you exist, any other something for nothing. Yet, that's how you get elected, by promising something for nothing. And then you have the other problem of money. The way you get elected is because self-interest or, 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 or special interests want your government favoritism. 
So they write you the check. And it's a system that feeds on the very thing you're fighting against, on the very thing that needs to be eliminated if we are to change the trajectory of a more uh, corrupt and bigger government. So how do you navigate that? What is the, the finite line to walk? And doesn't it have to really go back to the way the structure of government is, that Congress is the most important aspect, and only through good areas, having good representation, can you get anywhere? Because the reality is corruption pays. These corrupt Democrat sewers like Chicago, they get a lot of something for nothing. They all get bailed out. There's no financial uh, uh, repercussions. In fact, the more you fail, the more you get. So do you think we can get back to saying to people, my offer to you is this, nothing. But how are you going to get elected if you tell somebody you're not going to give them something for nothing? Well, <clears throat> yes, there's a total divergence of uh, thought, opinion, of strategy even uh, in the two parties. The, the Democrat Party uh, largely built uh, its following off uh, multiple programs. They're driven by programs uh, that have enormous fiscal cost. To get anything passed out of the Senate <clears throat> requires 60 votes to you know, shut off debate. Every time a significant Republican bill comes forward, there's always a requirement to cave in, if you're going to get it passed, to give in to the Democrats in some major spending measure. That's a, you know, Romney brought that up and got booed about it. So 54% of the American people are in some type of entitlement, and they feed off the government. And it's yeah. hard to get people to vote against entitlements. And, of course, arranging them in now is even more challenging. In 1965, Lyndon Johnson passed the Great Society, <clears throat> which was the, the beginning of massive socialism in our country. Since that time, we have spent an amount equal to our national debt over $30 trillion on welfare programs since then. <laughs> yeah, it's insanity. And, 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 and the largesse of this uh, goes to those who, uh, who seek to have financial assistance. And it, the Democratic Party is the author of these programs. Uh, well, the Republicans, you, the Republicans don't do it too bad themselves. I mean, you know that. I mean, George Bush doubled it. Barack Obama doubled it. Trump was on a good track till the last year. Joe Biden is building on that COVID money, and he's going to get this up to $40 trillion. So I'm wondering, how difficult do you think it would be to pass my bill, which is secession of good people? Well, unfortunately, you have built-in systemic uh, cost uh, in our spending. And if you go back to zero-based budgeting, uh, that's something that I authored and did in our state government in North Carolina. I forced us to go back to zero-based budgeting. You started ground zero, and you, yeah. and you go you go from there. Reagan was a real advocate of that himself. Yeah. So, yes, those type of uh, uh, principles need to be there, and and you have to have real conviction, real, real moral authority to lead with it. Trump didn't have a real chance to, to get that kind of leadership because COVID really dealt a major blow, and, and Bush had the same problem coming out of the 2008 crash. He figured he had to pay his you know, print money to, to keep the country alive. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, that's what he felt he had to do. 
So, you know, we've it's not an easy walk. No. Uh, but character matters. Character, character matters. matters. And that's the title of his new book. He is former Congressman Robert Pittenger. The new book is Character Matters, Personal Stories of 31 World Changers. Now, you've obviously not only been elected, you've been paying attention to government, politics, and money your whole life. When did the definition of greed change from a man, from, from somebody who wanted something for nothing versus a man who wanted to keep his own money? When did uh, the virtuous, altruistic, socialist, Marxist, communist become the epitome of anti-greed versus the guy who earns his money, in your opinion? What year do you narrow it into? 92? 91? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I, can't, I can't answer that question. That's an interesting answer. I, I, I don't for discussion over a couple beers. I love but, it. Uh, <laughs> Congressman, I'll bring the cigars. I don't drink, but you could have mine. I appreciate well, you making I'll, I'll time for me. Either. Well, send your folks to Amazon to get that book. It's a great book and something really good to give away over Christmas to a young, aspiring leader. It's very rare I get to talk to a politician I like, and uh, I want to thank you for being that one. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. appreciate the time. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Is that because you know I got a John Wayne clip you're playing all the old music? You know, I love it, Squirrel. In the meantime, before we get into the next segment, what's sad to realize is the, the amount of people that have a love of this country that are older people that are passing away. And what you see is a, a changing of the youth of the nation that becomes more sympathetic to government collectivism and government supremacy. So when we lose listeners that I know specifically, I think it's important that we discuss it um, or that, that we mention it so that you can keep them in your thoughts, in your mind, and understand that it's always going to be that much harder to right the ship when we lose patriots, and 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 uh, some people have been supporting me since I was a caller, and the, and these are, are two people. Uh, one of them is the sister of a of a listener who was a listener herself, of a friend of mine, Diane, and her husband Pete, and the sister's name was Stacy, and another was the mother of Tony from Riverside, whose mother's name was the same as mine, and her name was Donna. And I just think it's important because, uh, you know, you have to be mindful that things can change at any second. And um, what we have to do is kind of take off on the last interview we had, is that never sell out the character or agree to go along to get along and think that there is a next time or it'll get better in the future. It has to get better now um, because Americans sat by, a lot of them who, who weren't necessarily Democrat voters, but they hated um, the Republican who was running for president, the sitting president, the one who won in 2020 and 2016. They hated him so much, they allowed the uh, dimwit in diapers, a corrupt political whore for five decades, that anybody who ever paid any attention to national politics knew what Joe Biden was. Well, the sad part is now, Joe doesn't just have the look of a dementia, dementia patient. He's got the full-blown syndrome. Here he is today in a factory uh, that I'm sure the, the, the union uh, hierarchy have intimidated the workers to vote Democrat, regardless of... Uh, Joe Biden's ability or a pickle, as long as they're a Democrat who in, uh, agrees to strengthen their position, uh, even though it's not needed. This is Nick. Hey, Nick. This is uh, Nick. Oh, Reed, buddy. Now look, my my Marine carries that. It has a code to blow up the world. 
That's a, this is not nuclear weapons, oh, is it? No. All right, okay. He's against the camera. Look, he's trying to show you how his uh, his $175 an hour union gig with the uh, help of government extortion is staying in place. He didn't really want to know about your Marines that could blow up the world with nuclear weapons. I mean, how, how bad does it have to get? before politicians who are supposed to guard the idea of not just the government becoming corrupted by a mafia member, but to prevent it from being run by somebody who's clearly suffering from all kinds of ailments. I mean, that could be out of Dr. Strangelove. But that is in the year 2023, the most, not only the most corrupted president we've ever had, but the most unfit that's ever held the office in the history of the country. And there's all but a handful that are willing to start impeachment proceedings for him and his cabal of corruption. And I think the, the, the congresswoman I'm about to play is right. Start with the most obvious failure, Mayorkas, and take it from there. Resolution, impeaching Alejandro Nicolas Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security for High Crimes and Misdemeanors. As Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas has violated his oath to uphold this constitutional duty by allowing the invasion of approximately 10 million illegals across our borders. The ongoing invasion at our southern border is a direct national security threat against the states and against... So we lose baby boomers, patriots, on an hourly basis in this country, and yet the new crop of Marxist sympathizers, of cohorts and enemies of corruption are here. And now, you know, in these Democrat strongholds, New York, New Jersey, California, illegal aliens are voting only in local. Well, that's the most important part. So to me, it has to become a secession of mobility. Because there are many people, not just Democrat mafia wannabes, but the people who claim to be Republicans that will work tirelessly to elect somebody they know is unfit like Joe Biden, they know is corrupt like Joe Biden, or his entire administration of Marxist mafia members. Here's Mary Trump at the, what is it called? The Stop Trump Summit. And by the way, this was active in 2019. And that's where they formulated the ballot harvesting that we are all suffering under today. That's right. Not that Trump. Different Trump. This We have the good Trump here. Uh, that's what I always Wrong. say. It's a low bar, but thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. Now, that's, that's, that's important because Mary Trump is a moron who's just a, a trust fund kid attached to the entity of the Trump dynasty. She hates all the Trumps. So she's, she, she's telling you why she has the opinion she has. It's not based on anything other than a self-loathing hatred for her entire uh, family. And that's who Mary Trump is. But the, isn't that really the root of all of the never-Trumpers who sat idly by and pretend that Joe Biden was just another Democrat rather than a mafia don and an asset of enemies foreign and domestic, not to mention suffering from dementia. But this is the psychology of what we're up against as we are losing patriots by the hour. Um, I'm Molly Jongfast. You may remember me from around 9 o'clock this morning when I interviewed Randy Weingarten. Thank you. Randy Weingarten. This went on for eight hours. And to show you the intellect of these idiots, she's going to tell you what she had for lunch. I went home and had a lovely salad between that. But anyway, I'm here now. Nobody cares about Really, honey? Because you look like you ate a trough of quarter pounders, you fat ass Marxist fraud. My... Uh eating habits. But um, I am just delighted to get to interview Mary Trump, who is my friend 
and also an incredibly brave woman. Um, Mary, how... I, I, I know I'm not supposed to... Aren't they brilliant? And uh, this is why, in, in a certain case, you should be a little optimistic. It could be worse when you see the intellect of the corrupt whores that support Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrat mafia. Of course, but how the f*** are we back here again? <sighs> um, well... It is a great question, and it's one I never thought I'd have to ask answer. Um, if you had told me at the end of November, December of 2020, that things would be worse in September 2023, I would have laughed maniacally, probably. Um, and that's because you're a moron, and many people who could read with an IQ over 60, who knew exactly what the mafia stood for, predicted exactly what we're in. Except for the part of World War III. Some of us thought it, said it would be a little slower than it is, but the fact of the matter is, thanks to you and other morons, self-enriching, self-loathing Democrat scum, we are in a predicament we never thought we'd be in, Mary. But you've always been stupid. And said, no, that's impossible. We snatched democracy from the jaws of autocracy. We have somebody in the Oval Office who is going to get vaccines out, and he's going to save the economy, and we're going to start doing the very hard work of strengthening our democracy. And yet here we are. Um, so. And what she's doing is admitting to the theft that is the Biden administration. Her and her cohorts of corruption are the ones who orchestrated the fraud in ballot harvesting. They're the ones who manipulated the shutdown of the count. They're the ones that fast tracked the dismissal of the of the cases of the accusations of the most obvious election theft this country's ever seen. She's a never-Trumper scum. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So the advocates, the control oligarchs, the frauds want you to believe that the problem with society is your freedom, your opinion. The problem with society is the right wing. See, I think the problem with society is the fact that we need scum control, not gun control, and that we have morons who pretend they're qualified to do anything, drive a car, let alone vote. And we start with that breaking news this evening. A baby girl is in critical condition tonight, but the circumstances surrounding when and how she was shot are not clear. WGN's Jenna Barnes joins us live outside Comer Children's Hospital. Was it Hamas? the story. Jenna? Yeah, Dina and Ray. Chicago police tell us a nine-month-old girl is being treated here for a gunshot wound to the head. She's in critical condition, and police tell us they are questioning a person of interest. But the circumstances around the shooting, including who shot her, are unclear right now. Police say they were not notified of the shooting until 10 o'clock this morning, although it's reported to have happened just before 11 o'clock last night. What? You waited 11 hours? What kind of a moron has their child shot in the head waits 11 hours? What the? What kind of an idiot? Oh, Chicago Democrat. In the 100 block of East Garfield Boulevard, that's about a mile from where we are here at Comer Children's Hospital. Early police communications indicate the girl's mother brought her to the hospital after that shooting. Here's a listen to what police were told about what happened. 
we just got more information that they left the baby in the car while they went inside the McDonald's and the baby came back. When they came back, the baby was shot in the head. Police have not confirmed. Stopped off at McDonald's? You stopped off at McDonald's? What are the odds that uh, uh, the, the, the parents have Blue Cross Blue Shield squirrel? Yeah, we pick up that tab, too. That is how this baby girl was shot. They tell us detectives are still investigating all of this. But we, of course, will let you know when we get a new update from CPD on this investigation. For now, we're live at Comer Children's Hospital. Jenna Barnes, WGN You don't News. need gun control. You need scum control. Tom in Blue Island. Sean Dittos. Of all the arguments you make, the best about Biden is he was the end, at the end of his rope. He was Jimmy Carter without the hospice yet, so he was perfect for the steal. Anything that went wrong, what difference did it make? He was His next step was the casket anyway. He was perfect, and that's why we're in this spot we're in. He's the hood ornament of the vehicle of the Marxist mafia. It's all he is, the dimwit in diapers. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. Now, in spite of World War III, evidence of Chinese communists, European self-enriching oligarchs controlling the administration, they're still going to move full speed ahead with their plan of control and fascism in the name of altruism. Yes, the golden goose of corruption that I refer to as eco-Nazism or the green agenda. And their apparatchiks are moving at light speed, even the ones that are in control of states that um, historically didn't support this kind of government fascism. Some rural communities are pushing back. News 10's Aaron Bowling joins us live from the newsroom with what this means for the future of Michigan's energy. Aaron? Yeah, and the bill signed today included clean energy targets for Michigan, such as reaching 100% renewable energy by 2040. The bills detail how Michigan will reach that goal by transitioning existing utility workers, implementing utility cost savings programs, and giving a statewide commission the authority to approve local clean energy projects. I said we need an expert in the field. Let get me the author, the best-selling author of Inconvenient Facts. The science Al Gore doesn't want you to know. In fact, get me the executive director of the CO2 Coalition in Arlington, Virginia. Get me Gregory Wrightstone. And here he is, a geologist who has been studying the Earth for more than 35 years. Gregory, thank you for joining me. How are you? No, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Very busy. It, it's a it's a full time twenty four seven job fighting the nonsense. You just you, you just you, you just gave us a little dose of what we see every day. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 uh, it keeps us busy. I think it's a language problem because to me, the greatest renewable energy that the Earth has ever known is good old fashioned black gold, oil, natural gas. And the rest of the things that we could control are in our own country and sustain American life for a thousand years. But yet, there seems to be a lot more money in the trillion dollar scam of plastic and uh, windmills and solar with the technology of 100 years ago. How in the world does this boondoggle keep selling? 
Yeah. Well, you, 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 you got close to it about, about oil. Uh, I, I, in my new book, uh, a very convenient warming, I have a section in there where I'm talking about how coal, oil, and natural gas are actually natural solar powered batteries. And by that, I mean that they were created. The, the coal, of course, uh, were from coal swamps that were that lived, died, and were buried and later converted to coal. And, of course, the trees that created those coal swamps were fired, fired up by photosynthesis and CO2 that fired that up. And so we're just now releasing this solar-driven energy that was locked up in, in, in coal for millions of years, and now we're liberating it. Yes. And returning the earth to beneficial levels of CO2. And the oil and gas that we're producing uh, also was sourced by phytoplankton that bloomed in the ocean and died and just accumulated into these organic rich shales that we're now exploiting with fracking and horizontal drilling. Uh, again, the phytoplankton, they were fired by photo. These are photosynthetic uh, organisms uh, that, that are uh, phytoplankton. Um, we're actually, again, we're liberating that CO2 that was once taken out of the atmosphere and naturally sequestered. Spoiled, ignorant, arrogant children give away the, the benefits of their parents who did all the work. When you really think about the perspective that America has, it's a certain ignorance that you almost have to be in awe of. In fact, our quality of life is only, only about 140 years old. That's it. Prior to this, we were living pretty much in the Stone Age with fancier clothes. And in 140 years, what specifically American ingenuity was able to do was take a higher standard of life and explode it, and the riches that followed were what we're all benefiting in America today. In fact, we taught the third world how to live like civilized people. Why are so many Americans willing to destroy the benefits of, of our ingenuity and return to the primitive nature of the 1800s in the name of green. Is there just an absolute ignorance to perspective here? There's, and and you're, you're, again, you've tapped into it, but you're not quite there. And it's, you're talking about the benefits of fossil fuels to benefit humanity and society. And I'm taking that a step further. I'm saying that the modest warming that we're seeing today, it's warmed uh, about a degree Celsius in the last hundred plus years, which isn't too alarming. That warming combined with more CO2 are driving huge benefits. By almost every metric we look at, ecosystems are thriving and prospering, and humanity is benefiting from modest warming and more CO2. So I'm taking it a step further. The last time we talked, I was talking about there is no climate crisis. That's true. But not only is there no climate crisis, man, everything you look at is just, I mean, crops are breaking records year after year after year. Crop production's uh, outpacing population growth. Deserts are shrinking. Forests are expanding. All these things you're being lied to about. And the facts, the science, and the data just, if you look at it, it's completely off as almost everything we look at. We talk about sea level um, Looking at sea level rise from tide gauge records, which are the longest we have, sea level is rising. I hope you're sitting down seven inches per century. Well, what's that? A little bit above your ankles, maybe? Well, we can handle that. That's nothing to be alarmed about. 
And there's an ignorance to the ocean itself. There's an ignorance to the base of the ocean. There's an ignorance to water vapor. There's an ignorance to our understanding of everything from from tides to where the Atlantic meets the Pacific. Because we really don't have that much actual data. But yet this frightening data that gives all the strength and power to the most corrupt entities on the planet called governments, it seems to be winning the day. And I'm wondering, is it just a, a flaw of humanity, of fear? or an inability to actually research themselves? No, it is. We can look back to the what was called the Little Ice Age. Uh, the High Middle Ages were, were a period of the medieval warm periods, very much warmer than it is today. Life was bountiful. Food was bountiful. Life was good. And then it started getting cold. And when it started getting cold, uh, crops started failing, famine set in, people started dying, and they blamed it on... They, when that bad things happened, people look around, who are we going to blame? And back then, they blamed it on weather-causing witches. Uh, and again, yeah. in my new book, I've got a great chart. It, it, it's it's fascinating. They kept great records, the villages did, of the witches that they killed because they were proud of it. And uh, I've got a chart there comparing witches killed per decade. And then on the top and on the bottom, I've got uh, extraordinarily cold summers. And there's this great correlation. You know, as, as the colder the weather got the more the crops failed and the more they killed the witches. Uh, and so it's, it's a phase. So now the new witch hunt is going after people like me. It's going after coal companies, oil and gas companies, uh, people using fossil fuels, internal combustion en- engines. So yes, it's natural. Uh, humanity looks for someone to blame when things go wrong and it can't just be nature or if you will, God. That's but why don't they? Why don't they put the blame where it belongs on the government of the fear mongering? And you know, we just saw uh, a first lady that uh, was was a benign first lady, but her husband was a detrimental fraud who's still who's still causing havoc today because of the policies he implemented. I just want to play this for you. We need to have uh, a realization that we've got a, about thirty five years worth of oil left in the whole world. We're going to run out of oil now. That is something that led to, in the 70s, you're going to have to get used to going back to the 1800s, and you're going to freeze your ass off in the winter, and you have to for the greater good and all the rest of it. But there were really no repercussions. I mean, you could say Ronald Reagan was a repercussion, but the reality is these fear-mongering frauds have risen again, and it's it's a duopoly of corruption because the oil companies themselves are culprits in this. See, I love history. And I love the idea of what true progress really is, and that's American innovation. And when you look back to the oil, which was coming out of everywhere. It's everywhere in the world, but you really don't have to get that far down. The oil companies started to sell this idea of it being finite. And it was always going to run out, and we just had to raise the price and control the price and all the rest of it. Well, now here we are. We have cartels that pick their friends. They devalue it to, their, to, to the enemies of America and all the rest of it. When the fact of the matter is, we never really opened it up to true progress, true innovation, and true American ingenuity, did we? Well, we did starting in, I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to say we did actually, uh, starting about 10 or 15 years ago with the, with the revolution of horizontal drilling and hydraulic frac- fracturing, targeting these organic rich shales and mudstones. And it's completely revolutionized. That's what led to this renaissance in the United States of oil production and natural gas production. We became, actually, the, the first week that, uh, Joe Biden w- was uh, uh, president. Was the was the first month 
that we were completely independent of any oil from Saudi Arabia, and that changed very quickly. Uh, but but this revolution of hydraulic fracturing is just uh, revolutionary. I, I was a co-author of the of the first peer-reviewed paper on the Marcellus Shale, which is in the Appalachian Basin in the eastern United States. And during when we were researching this, we looked at that, and we looked at the top 10 conventional natural gas fields in the world, and the top 10 natural gas fields in the world combined didn't equal what the Marcellus was. And that's just See? one of just the one. huge fields we have. Just one. And, and, and it's, it's, it, it actually put the hairs on the back of your neck. That shows how much in reserves we have sitting here. And there's a deeper reservoir underneath that that's barely been tapped. Uh, yeah, we've got generations of natural gas supplies and probably of, of oil supplies in, in the various uh, great shale basins across the United States. We're blessed with having just the right geology, just the right rocks. Uh, they don't have that elsewhere. Uh, for example, China has has tremendous organic rich shales that look very similar, but they're, they're much different, and they're never going to be productive. I'm not going to go into the science of why. But they're just they're just different. They're lake lake sediments instead it's, of ocean sediments. It's political governing that keeps the chokehold and the monopoly on it. And that's the part that really aggravates me because you would think, you know, I'm a capitalist, but I'm not a corporatist. However, I can't find any place where capitalism really exists because corporatism is far more profitable. And what aggravates me is the companies that were made trillionaires, for lack of a better accounting, the companies that really, really took advantage of capitalism, now practice corporatism. Because this idea that big oil is the enemy. Big oil has diversified itself and is making more money for doing less work in the scams of green energy. They are the owners of the alternative energy. Is there any way to get people interested in the fact you're playing right into the hands of the corporatists by refusing to practice American capitalism? Well, that, that, that's a that's a that's a good point, and we've got to. I I I think that people. I think we're winning this this this. It's not a propaganda war. It's a war of, of information, and I see it almost every day. I, I'm a very huge optimist of beating back this climate crisis narrative. Uh, I'm just putting together information here. Uh, when people when it starts hitting them in their wallet, uh, in their checkbook. That's when they're really going to wake up. For example, I I moved to Florida three years ago. Uh, our monthly bills were 149 a month. A year later, they were 254. I'm just compiling for this year. That looks like they're up there almost 100 dollars higher. And when when you start getting bills that are 150, 250 dollars a month higher, and it's all because of green energy instead of relying on, on uh, fossil fuels and ab- abundant, reliable, affordable energy from coal, oil, and natural gas, and nuclear, uh, people, people they're waking up. Uh, we see it uh, right and left, uh, offshore wind farms being defeated right and left on the east coast of the United States. Yeah. Uh, solar panel farms, and I hate to use the word farms. They're not farms. These are industrial-scale industrial activities uh, that, that are blight on the landscape. Uh, yes. We should fight them wherever we go. You know what I was amazed at, Gregory? I, um, I had to go to California for a wedding. A family member got married. And uh, it's been a long time since I was in California. And I went to 
the northern part of California. And when you fly over, you see the vast amounts of these solar projects in California in the middle of nowhere. And wow. they're, they're hundreds of millions of dollars in this uh, California-sponsored solar project. But the fact is, they cannot transport the energy that is that is produced from that very expensive form of, of energy. The other problem I have is they don't last very long, and it's more expensive to recycle them than it is worth to, to go through the process of recycling. So they don't get recycled. And it's just this, this complete waste. And, you know, when you start to think about it, the money, how many years it's been going on, Al Gore since he was vice president, uh, you're talking trillions of dollars. In fact, I've heard one study that it's $5 trillion since 2004. And, you know, that's real money, and we don't have it, but we're paying debt on it, we're paying VIG on it. And at a certain point, you know, I know you're gaining steam because you're, there's now hundreds of thousands of scientists that are, well, tens of thousands, that are saying, look, this has gone far enough, it's not working. And what I saw with the volcano in Iceland is some kind of hope because maybe people will understand there was also a volcano in Pompeii. It had nothing to do with Chevys or Buicks. Do you think maybe through that lens of fact we can, we can win? Because we've been losing for a while. Well, uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there about volcanic eruptions and climate. Uh, they do impact. In fact, again, I, I, it's timely because in my new book, I, I, there's a whole section uh, that I devote to history and climate. And I, there are three huge volcanoes uh, that I reference uh, in, in that book uh, that erupted that affected global climate. Uh, two of them were the volcano Hecla, which may be the volcano that erupts coming up if it does uh, right now. Uh, in 1156 B.C., in the heart of what was called the Greek Dark Ages, a very a horrifically bad time for humanity, cold period again, it was, it was really bad. It erupted uh, and caused uh, global crop failure. Uh, and, and probably mass depopulation. And then the 1104 A.D., uh, the Hecla erupted again. And again, in 1783 A.D., in the Little Ice Age, a cold period again that was horrific, uh, it erupted on Iceland, and it impacted uh, the global temperatures negatively. So temperatures declined, crops failed. Uh, it affected global temperatures for maybe five years. Uh, but it, it was a huge negative impact. Uh, one of the big thing, one of the big disinformation uh, things you might hear is that volcanoes emit huge amounts of, of CO2. That's just that's just false. Uh, story about Mount Pinatubo having emitted as much CO2 as all of mankind is absolutely categorically false. Uh, we know how much man emitted in that year of 1991. And we know pretty closely how much CO2 was emitted by Pinatubo. Yeah. Uh, Pinatubo emitted 0.2% of, of what man emitted that same year. Uh, so it's just, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's easy to grasp onto these things because it, you know, it seems so easy to say, well, Pinatubo put out more than we all, and it will just kill it. Like, but it, you gotta, we've got to look at science facts and data, which is what I do. Yeah. You know what's funny? Did we ever do a study on what the testing of the nuclear weapons in, uh, in, in the desert did to the climate? Did we ever look at the effects of a cluster bomb? I'm amazed at the Americans' uh, willingness to let government 
uh, tell them what kind of vehicle they could drive or how much their energy bill is. The whole time governments are supporting the true detriment to Earth, and that's war and chaos and destruction. So I'm hoping that sooner or later people start to see the scam because it's paying off for the scammers for now, but through good scientists and good information, it can uh, be turned around. That's what I love about the uh, CO2 coalition that you had, and I love the fact you continue writing books. So I know the old book, Inconvenient Facts. What's the new book title? Ah, you're going to love it. A Very Convenient Warming, How Modest Warming and More CO2 Are Benefiting Humanity. And it's uh, only available right now at my website, which is convenientwarming.com, convenientwarming.com. Or you could just you know, just Google convenient warming. Uh, it, it will not be available on Amazon until February, and that's by design. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Amazon takes... You may not be aware what they do with book authors, but they no. they take 55% off the top. And that establishes the wholesale price. Yeah. And then well, they take you... another 18% off of that. So they take the lion's share of all the books. <laughs> so you get about 26%. What the hell are you complaining about? Have you seen Bezos' new girlfriend? That's not cheap, brother. Oh, brother, let's not go there. <laughs> Gregory Wrightstone, thank you for continuing to put up the fight. I really appreciate you making time for me. Thank you, Gregory. All right, good night. Thank you, good night. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on the Sean Thompson Show. But I am 560. The answer. AM560. The answer. All right, so before we go to uh, an Oscar winner, I want to give you kind of a little perspective of what I think of the film business, which I loved and was going to be involved in. I went to Columbia for it, and I really was one of those kids. I wanted to go into the movie business. But that's funny thing, the movie business. The more you learn about it, the more you realize it's really not based on any kind of magical talent. It's based on money and who you know, like a lot of other things in life. To give you kind of a perspective, Frank Sinatra's world. Frank Sinatra had appeared in about five movies as a singer. Back then, when you were a singer, to promote yourself, they'd put you in a movie where Gene Kelly was the lead, and they'd pass a guy singing, and it was Frank Sinatra. So that was considered a movie role. From 1949 to 53, he did nothing when it came to movies. In fact, his career slumped. So he said, you know, I want to I revitalize my career. He had major tax problems. Back then, you had to pay 70%. They basically bankrupted him. He said, I think the best way would to be, a, would to be an actor. So he says, I'm going to take a serious role. I'm going to try out for one. So he tries out for From Here to Eternity. And you know, in his first serious role, where Frank Sinatra actually tried out for a production and got the part, he won the Oscar. Won the Oscar. Which proves, Squirrel, you just have to be in the right part. Anybody, and I mean anybody, could win an Oscar. An Oscar. Ooh, how could you say that? Because I've been around that i've investigated the business and then you realize the kind of people these actors are they're morons absolute and total morons and they let you know it when they try to speak their own words now here's a guy who has critical acclaim one of the greatest actors of our time really i think he just had the greatest script he's pretty much a moron 
How dare they do that, actually? Uh-oh, Robert De Niro isn't happy, and it's got nothing to do with the blueberry muffins. From now on, I want you to put an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. What a great film. All right, jump cut to De Niro's latest work with Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, and at the Gotham Awards, De Niro was presenting the movie with a tribute when he claimed that part of his introduction was cut out without notice. So he pulled out his phone and added it back in. History isn't history anymore. Truth is not truth. Even facts are being replaced by alternative facts. In Florida, young students are taught that slaves develop skills which could be applied for their personal benefit. The The way that they they attack that is so moronic. Uh, they, They forget to tell you that the curriculum was put together in conjunction with one of the most touted academics in America who happens to be black. And number one, what they also allude is that uh, many white people were brought here as slaves, indentured servitude and whatnot. And go figure, squirrel, they be- used some of those skills and became some of the richest people in the world. Uh, not just the Scotsman from, who uh, was part of the steel company that sold for one of the most expensive prices known in America at the time. He was a competitor with Rockefeller. But other people who did, uh, former indentured servants, became multimillionaires. But Robert De Niro is offended by this. Robert De Niro is proving himself to be exactly what I uh, accuse him of being, a moron. Entertainment industry isn't immune to this festering disease. The Duke John Wayne famously said of Native Americans, I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from them. That's not at all what he said, stupid liar. Here's a guy that became famous playing different variants of the same exact character. I'm not talking about John Wayne. I'm talking about Robert De Niro. John Wade didn't say that at all, you fracking liar. But you're like every other Democrat. You're a liar. So let's go to the tape when these same Marxist, communist, fascist pigs tried to attack John Wayne. You know, it's a funny thing. The Indians now, well, this AIM group have started something that now they're against me for some reason. But I am the only man in pictures that always gave them their human dignity. I never was in a picture. I never allowed myself at any time to do anything that would take their human dignity away from them. And that, to me, is the most important thing in a man's. I have found that a certain type that calls himself a liberal, and I always thought I was a liberal. <laughs> I came up terribly surprised one time when I found that I was a right-wing conservative <laughs> extremist. When I have listened to everybody's point of view that I ever met and then decide how I should feel. I mean, but these, this so-called new liberal group, uh, Jesus, they never, they never listen to your point of view and they make a decision as to what you think. And uh, they're articulate enough and in control of enough of the press to force that uh, image out for the average person for some reason maybe it's these pictures they have not been able to do that with me in spite of what they say people have not taken sides that I'm a you know uh, it hasn't affected my career in in uh, in popularity let's say because you had something Robert De Niro never had it's called character Dignity, but above all, patriotism. But then again, you were a man. Robert De Niro and the modern-day Marxist, communist mafia members are not men. 
And in fact, to tell you exactly what they hate is the idea that you were an American man who lived by a certain set of principles. Squirrel, did you ever see uh, Hondo? One of my favorite scenes. Where's your mother? Do you want a kiss? Any luck? Not a bite this morning. Oh. You see where the sun is? Up there. Yeah, on the back of your neck. You're casting a shadow. If you can see it, the fish can see it. Always least with the sun in your face. The other bank's the place. That is, if you want my opinion. Gosh, Umbrado, I want your opinion. But Mama won't let me go over there. Why not? I can't swim. You can't what? I can't swim. How old are you? Six. He threw his ass in the water. Help him, he can't swim. Time he learned. Here comes the mommy. He should swim. Just reach out in front of you and grab a handful of water. Pull it back towards you. Not too fast. The way I learned. I did it, Amarato! I did it! Good. Well, how will he get back? Swim. Well, he might drown. Well, then you go get it. Well, I can't swim either. <laughs> Now, which one does Robert De Niro sound like? The man or the woman? See, that's the problem. Been feminized. And the feminized, scared cowards are the ones making the rules. Rather than the men who knew right from wrong. In spite of the fact that they've tried to make it do it. There isn't a hell of a lot that we can do to change human behavior. Uh... We keep making laws to try and change human behavior. You can't do it. You think this is new? The American communist has always been trying to subvert the American principles. What's new is our willingness to let them get away with it. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. It's a real good bet. The best is yet to come. What's funny is that Robert De Niro really made a name for himself playing Italian tough guys the whole time not being one. And the difference between the old-time actors who had character and principles versus the new communist sympathizing cowards. There were great numbers of people who needed new land, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. Lying has become... Just another tool in the charlatan's arsenal. The former president lied to us more than 30,000 times during his four years in office. And he's keeping up the pace in his current campaign of... It's not as fluid, though, when someone else writes the words, huh, dummy? You can't even speak in sentences. No wonder you like Joe Biden. Retribution, but with all his lies, he can't hide his soul. He attacks the weak, destroys the gifts of nature, and shows disrespect, for example, by using Pocahontas as a slur. It's actually Focahontas, I think, or at least I used to call her Focahontas. Pocahontas, he should have went with Focahontas. But in the meantime, did you ever hear of biomass, eco-Nazi, where you destroy the forest to pretend to mimic coal? You moron, you useful fracking idiot. I miss the old actor, Squirrel. Feel how you would feel in that position. You're being conned into 
Keynesianism and socialism now. But it isn't going to stop the selfishness of human behavior. It isn't going to stop the greed. If you give, take $20 and give a dollar to every son of a bitch in a room and come back a year later, one of the bastards will have most of the money. <laughs> I mean, it's just human nature, and you're not going <coughs> to, you're not going to whip it with a lot of laws. I think when you make people conscious, as communication gets better, and you make people conscious of somebody in trouble, starving or something like that, the average person will help. What John Wayne did for the Indians is a lot more than uh, Robert De Niro and the Comanches did. The Comanches were the worst slave traders, worst domestic terrorists, almost as bad as Hamas. They just dressed a little better. Martin and Wilmette knows that. Yeah, this is this is a retort to that uh, clown De Niro. Here's real world De Niro. I spoke in 1955 with Albert Moen, my grandfather, who was the, the first Caucasian born in Marshall County, Minnesota. At age five, I'm talking to him, okay? I'm a young little kid, and there was an implication that he wouldn't answer about in relation to, you know, how, how could a guy that was born, my grandfather in the 1880s, in relation to an Indian uprising? Only, I had an indication when my cousin told me that Albert Mullen was the first white man born in Marshall County, Minnesota. And it still didn't catch with me because he was born in the 1880s, which was, you know, quite late. But still his Indian father, country. Right, but listen to me. Yeah. Only later, derivatively, figure this out. I don't know the exact year that Albert was born. I think 1887 or whatever. But his father was a survivor of that mass Indian uprising it would have been outside Marshall County, Minnesota, so not counting Marshall County. But his father was one of the few survivors as a young man in his teens Yes, from it, okay? Which is why, derivatively, it makes sense what Albert was saying to me in 1955, that implicitly, well, that he was... Even that late, Martin, the, the, Indian, the, the, Indian warrior, the Indian warrior that, that, that crushed Custer only surrendered to no, the no, government. No, 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 I'm not talking about that no, one. No, no, I understand no, that, but no, what, no. I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that he surrendered after your grandfather was born. The whole thing didn't get settled until the late 1890s. So to give another perspective of time, which is not something the Marxists want you to have, or the perspective of truth. That's why they never mentioned the Comanches. We saved the Indians from the Comanches. We'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.